It's that time once again. You know it. You love it. It's the Damn Fine TV Patreon shoutouts. As always, dearest Patreon family, you continue to blow us straight out the way with all your incredible love and support. We don't know how we got so lucky, but we're very grateful for each and every one of you. Yes, for sure. Okay, now let's say all your names and show you some love too. Alyssa, Alex, Ivy, Patrick, Craig, Norman, Coral, Jen, Michael, Jeremiah, Amelia, Kyle, Jenny, Jess, Kristen, Summer, <laughs> Debbie, Blaze, HRJ, and Ro, excuse me, yes, and, and Colin, and Ro, <laughs> and Ro yeah. You're all some truly damn fine folks. We hope you know just how much your contribution means to us. Yes. What a lovely list of names that is. My yes. Goodness. And for now sure. we get to add a couple more lovely names to that list. Now it's time for our newbies. So first up, we have Rachel. And Rachel, we're over the moon to have you as part of the damn fine Patreon family. And since I know you're both a fellow tarot reader and a fellow fan of Twin Peaks, I thought it might be fun to pull you a tarot card from my little mini Twin Peaks tarot deck. Oh my gosh. Uh, to be your shout out. And that is so interestingly cool. interestingly enough, I pulled the moon for you. So not are we not only are we over the moon to have you, but you're getting the moon from this tarot deck. And when I pulled the card, really what first came to mind is like we have these animals here, like, I don't know if you can see, but we've got the owl, we've got the horse. I believe that's the pine weasel. So he feels a little out of place. But and then we also have Coop as Bob, right? So it's like all of these things that are kind of not what they seem. Um, there's something beneath the surface. It's a little mysterious. There's a little bit of like a dualistic quality happening here. So I think it's not really a card for making any big decisions. If you were thinking about doing something big, maybe wait until you have more information to move forward. But I think it's a great time to connect back in with your own inner rhythms and inner cycles and that kind of thing. Like the moon kind of gets a bad rap of being this like wild and like hysteria causing thing because it's like out at night and it's in the dark. And I think if anything, we can you know, be wild in a sense of like, don't go with the traditional path. Don't go with the classic option. Do what feels best for you. And also, like, if you get a chance, go howl at the moon. <gasps> Ow! Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> that was great. Oh my gosh, how special. Oh, awesome. Well, I hope that you enjoyed it, Rachel. And thank you so much for joining us. Yes, thank you. Okay, hey, tension, more tarot people join in. I love getting these impromptu pulls from Jay. <laughs> They're great. Oh, uh, well, maybe we'll have to do more then. We'll see. We'll I love the it. waters and see what people think. I love it. Okay, well, next up, I mean, I don't think that he needs any introduction, but we're going to give him one anyway. Shaim. Shaim, the master of beautiful words and thoughts, a horror connoisseur. And now you can add a damn fine bookhouse babe to your ever-growing list of amazing attributes. 
Thank you for joining us for a journey both wonderful and strange here at Damn Fine TV. Shaim, you, sir, are a rock star. Get your game on. Go play. What? Oh, my God. Did I just quote Smash Mouth? <laughs> oh, man, shakes fists at cloud. Thank hey, you, Shaim. It's a bop. You can't deny it's a bop. It's a bop. It's got- it's got catchability. Catchability? It's catchy. Whatever. <laughs> I love it. Yes. Thank All right. you so much, Shaim. Well, thank you, Shaim. So, yes, it's so awesome to have you over here on the Damn Fine Patreon. It's you're you're such a you're such a hype guy. We love you. Like you yeah. are always making us feel good. So we hope we can make you feel just as loved. And that goes for all of our lovely patrons. Absolutely. You guys, Make us feel so grateful each and every day. And we hope that you feel the love right back. And Look, here's to I many did more it. months together. Oh, yay! <laughs> I did it. Yay! First try. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, All right, everyone. We love you guys. <sighs> <laughs> Have you ever eaten moldy chocolate? The tardigrade? I'm Jasmine. I swear on Satan, I'll do that. Yeah. That's uh, my headcanon. Okay. Into it, into it, into it, into it. All of it. I'm Mel's. I love it. Dumb. Dumb, 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 dumb. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> and if you're watching TV, I love it. Make sure it's damn fine TV. This is amazing. That's, that was awesome. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to Damn Fine TV. I am one of your hosts, Mel's, and you are not hearing the lovely voice of my partner in crime, my damn fine Bessie, Jay. She is currently out of the office, and while she is out of the office, I am going to bring you some exclusive content that I am affectionately calling Mel's Minisodes. Uh, each one of these minisodes is just going to be on whatever I'm watching at the moment. Um, we are kind of in a little bit of a TV drought. Um, I know it ebb and flows. I know it's going to happen. But I've been spending this drought kind of reconnecting with some shows that I put aside. And I've been also hate watching some shows that are currently still going. So for the first Mel's minisodes... Let's just talk about it because we're at the end of an era, everyone. We are coming to the end of The Walking Dead. I mean, we are 11 seasons in. Can you believe it? I can't believe that I've been watching this show since day one. Um, Yeah, there's been some ups and downs, some way downs and some way ups. Um, But I want to talk today about a specific character and this character is part of our OG gang, you know, it, and he is still seemingly with every one. As I'm recording this, The Walking Dead is in season 11 on AMC. We are at episode 22. If you have AMC Plus, you have access to episode 23 already. I have seen episode 23. And also, I guess by the time this is actually released, maybe we'll be done with the series. So the main thing about Daryl is that we know he's not going anywhere because he has been confirmed to have a spinoff from The Walking Dead. Um, from what I can gather, he's going to be in Old Paris. 
uh, I don't know how to feel about that. And I don't know if I'm going to be watching, to be honest. Even though he's one of my favorite characters, I just, I want to see how this ends with The Walking Dead first. I kind of want to close that book. I kind of want to move on. And so that is where we are at today. But let's talk about Daryl Dixon. Why women love him and why walkers fear him. So Daryl has a very interesting arc in The Walking Dead. He was created as an ancillary character specifically for the show and specifically for Norman Reedus. So thank you, everyone involved in that. Um, Frank Darabont, who is one of my favorite um, people because he has done a couple of Stephen King adaptations that happen to be some of my favorites. So thank you, Frank. Um, And of course, everyone involved in the creation of Daryl. So Daryl does not appear in the comic series. Um, Basically what they did with this character, I don't think that they expected maybe this character to become such a fan favorite, but he has. And with that, they've kind of created his storyline, his arc, everything kind of borrowing a little bit from other characters in the comics and then writing additional things in for him. And, you know, we have Daryl Dixon as he is today. Um, He obviously, like I said, quickly rising as a fan favorite, which, duh. Uh, The creators continued writing Daryl into the series, with his character becoming one of the only few left from the OG survivors in these last episodes. So aside from the fact that Norman Reedus, for all intents and purposes, basically is now Daryl Dixon, what has charmed fans across the world about Daryl? I mean, so much that his plot armor is so thick, he's getting his own spinoff. Well, I have a few thoughts, so here we go. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to break down kind of the basics or the overarching things that happened to Daryl in each of the seasons. And yes, I know I am well aware that I just told you we are 11 seasons in. Um, And don't worry, I'm not going to overwhelm you. I'm just going to give you a very brief overview. So in season one, Daryl is introduced as the little brother of Merle. Uh, Merle is a racist piece of shit that's left on a rooftop in Atlanta to fend for himself after he insults the group. Daryl, returning from a hunt, reprimands the group for leaving Merle, and they return to look for him. Once Daryl discovers that Merle is gone, minus a hand, he really begins to flourish. He's no longer in the shadow of his big brother and can finally become the man he was meant to be really his entire life. For the remainder of season one, Daryl assists the group with hunting, searching, and fending off walkers, continually proving that he belongs with them. Daryl continues to fortify relationships with the group as he takes on the search for Sophia, Carol's daughter, in season two. Now, during this time, Daryl grapples with being out of his brother's shadow and developing empathy for others, which is something he seemingly has struggled with throughout his life. Um, During his search, he spends a few days in the woods wounded and hallucinating conversations with Merle. Um, He also decides to go full Mr. Jingles, which, hello, American Horror Story Season 9. We know what you did, Ryan Murphy. Um, He collects the ears of walkers before returning to camp without any lead on Sophia. Carol and Daryl lean on each other when Sophia is found in Herschel's barn after being bitten and turned. He also catches on to Shane's lie regarding Randall's supposed escape and attack. 
As fire engulfs the farm, Daryl saves Carol on the back of his bike, and the two ride to safety. Um, attention, James Hurley. This is how you just get on your bike and go, by the way. Okay, so we're two seasons in. We've seen him come out of the shadows of his brother. We've seen him, you know, consumed by the desire to find Carol's daughter um, and then developing empathy and a compassionate relationship with Carol, which this relationship is going to continue on to be one of my all-time favorite relationships in television, which is Daryl and Carol. So season three is actually when the wombs around the world explode. Yes, once the group finds safety at the prison, tragedy strikes when Lori dies giving birth to her baby. Plagued by enough loss, Daryl vows to protect and save the baby, and he affectionately nicknames her Little Ass Kicker. That was an explosion sound of all the uteri and womai. He saves Carol after she was presumed dead from an overtaking of walkers. He actually reunites with Merle, who was missing since the incident in Atlanta, but had taken up in a community called Woodbury with a very tyrannous, is that a right word? I don't know, the tyrant, the governor. Um, Despite this, Daryl does lose his brother when he's killed by the governor, and he is forced to put him down after turning. I love Daryl and Merle's relationship in season three, which I know you're probably meant to love that. But I think what is so moving about it is that Daryl and Merle too, I guess on some accounts, but we're not really discussing Merle. Um, he gets this closure to this relationship with his brother. Um, he stands up to him. He asserts, you know, that, He's not this weak little thing that Merle always presumed him to be. And really it was because of, or mainly due to the acceptance from this group and, and the friendship with Rick, to be honest. Daryl in season four appears to be enjoying a life of normalcy with the others in the prison. Uh, when the flu breaks out, he sets out on a supply run. And during this time, Rick finds out that Carol has actually killed two of the people at the prison that had the flu. I mean, she had good intentions, but the execution was not great, girl. Uh, Rick does banish her or kind of send her into exile. And this really upsets Daryl because this relationship with Carol has been such an important thing for Daryl because it's really helped him start to become a, a stand-up person. I mean, I think he's also rightfully upset over this, uh, especially after losing his brother to save Rick and the gang. So after one last brutal ambush at the hands of the governor, Daryl and Beth are separated from everyone else and both bond over the traumas they've endured. Beth is kidnapped and Daryl is forced to take up with a gang of roughnecks he meets on the road for survival. Now this group encounters Carl, Rick, and Michonne after an attempt by the leader to attack them, Daryl assists Rick with fighting them off. And then they become trapped at Terminus, which is a facade promising refuge for survivors. I think this is very telling and important part of Daryl as well, because he 
he thinks that he kind of belongs with this group of uh, roughnecks. And gosh, I wish I could remember what they called themselves, the claimers or something like that. But regardless, like they're really, you know, rough. They really try to viciously attack Carl and Michonne. Um, But it's telling that Daryl thinks that this is a good place for him and a good fit for him based on, you know, his life before the fall or like pre-apocalypse, right? In an only fair reversal, Carol saves Daryl and the gang from the nasty cannibals at Terminus at the beginning of season five. Daryl and Carol, the dynamic duo, set out to save Beth after Daryl recognizes a cross on a car similar to the one that took Beth. At Grady Memorial Hospital, they find Beth and the dangers that she's been subjected to at the hands of corrupt police. After a standoff to save Carol, Beth is killed, ending another important relationship in Daryl's life. So this was pretty bad, too. Or I guess when I say bad, I mean this is someone, and it was someone that he bonded to that wasn't Carol, right? And he really opened up to Beth. They really did a lot together. I mean, one of my favorite episodes by far. People might have thought it was cheesy. I loved it when they lit the cabin on fire and they were shooting birds at it and all that stuff. I mean, little Beth that sang all of her gospel songs and then, you know, Big Bad Daryl. But it's interesting that this death, was at the cost of saving someone else, although it was accidental. Dawn didn't mean to actually kill Beth, but it happened. Um, but this was to save Carol, you know? So there, there's, there seems to be a pattern of a choosing that Daryl has to do or the consequences of, you know, of saving someone and then losing another person, which we'll see that really start to come through in later seasons as well. Oh, we're halfway there. Oh, oh living on a dare. Yeah. I don't know. I, listen, Jay is the songstress of this duo. Okay. If you have complaints, write to her. All right, so let's combine season six through nine, um, not only for time's sake, but also because Negan and the Saviors literally took up three whole seasons of television. Like, it was a good story, then it became not good. Okay? Uh, So anyway, Daryl meets a couple of strangers on the road, Dwight and Sherry, who appear helpless, but are actually part of uh, a group called the Saviors. He also meets uh, Jesus, and no, it's not the Jesus that we're thinking of, although they look kind of the same, but this one will, like, roundhouse kick your face off. So, anyway, um, things kind of start to get muddy here, uh, so I'm going to, it's going to feel like jumping around, but I feel like there was a lot of, lot of plot going on during this time of The Walking Dead. And it was really kind of muddy to to get through. So, um, Daryl is captured by Negan. And after Abe is killed, unfortunately, he does cause the death of Glenn because he attempts to attack Negan. And so that's what I meant when I just said about these consequences or the, these, you know, these actions and 
the consequence that Negan imposed on him. I mean, Negan didn't have to do that. But I know that Daryl carries Glenn's death. I think he will for the rest of his life with him. So we have lots of tears. We have lots of Roy Orbison as Daryl is still a prisoner at the sanctuary. Um, Sherry breaks him out. He and Jesus uh, go to meet Maggie. And although Maggie forgives him for Glenn's death, I don't think Daryl ever forgives himself, really. So after forming an alliance with Dwight, Daryl and crew take down the sanctuary, capture Negan, and Daryl makes himself at home there running the operations for Rick with Eugene, moving us right into season nine. Lydia, I told you I was going to make that as as painless as possible, and I hope that I did that. So, now we're on to the time jump! Um, and honestly, it was a most welcomed one, so... Um, although things are going to kind of get tough for our boy, so... This rock-solid relationship with Rick begins to falter as they disagree over saving Negan and allowing Maggie into Alexandria. Um, tempers also flare between the duo as Rick becomes obsessed with building a bridge and seemingly putting other things aside. Daryl becomes distraught when Rick is presumed dead after the bridge explodes and spends another time jump looking for Rick, which we'll go into what happens during that time jump later. Uh, but as of right now, we think he's just hanging out alone in the woods searching. Um, but the man cannot get peace as another group threatens our friends. Yes, folks, we are at the Whisperers. Now, a little aside here. In everything that they did with Negan, the Saviors, we spent so much time running that storyline into the ground. And the whispers always kind of felt a little too rushed. Like, could have been a happy medium in between the two. But I know this was a tough time for The Walking Dead. I mean, they had lost quite a good bit of viewership. A lot of people did not like what happened to Abe and Glenn. Although, if they read the comics, they knew that it was at least going to come for Glenn at some time. So, you know, tis what it is, I guess, but... Um, in true Broken Bird fashion, Daryl really takes to Alpha's daughter, Lydia. Uh, noticing the same signs of abuse and trauma, he too suffered at the hands of a parent. But like always, things don't work out for Daryl in this department as Alpha does get her daughter back. And Daryl sets out to save her with Connie. Okay, so now this is where if you didn't love Daryl yet, you must love him now because the man learns ASL to communicate with Connie. I mean, let's just take a second and think about the progression of this character. I mean, from a seemingly small-minded and somewhat meek guy in the shadow of an abusive brother to now, like, openly risking his life for others and learning to communicate with others. Like, while he was learning ASL, like, he was willing to write in a notepad to communicate with Connie. It's like, there's just so much here. And the thing that happens right here is that Andrew Lincoln, you know, has left the show. Michonne has left the show at this point, or deny. So we don't have Rick. We don't have Michonne. And Norman gets top billing. So Daryl becomes like, he was already a main character, but he really becomes like 
I guess the main focal point because he and Carol are the only OGs left at this point anyway. And, you know, we spent a lot of time focusing on Rick Grimes, which I understand why. Daryl being his right-hand man, which I understand why on that too. Like, Rick depended a lot on those survival skills that we talked about in the beginning that Daryl possessed. But what Daryl needed was those social skills, which he didn't just get that or learn that from Rick. I mean, he got it from everyone he interacted with. And dare I say, I think he probably learned more social awareness and, and uh, you know, understanding how to integrate with different types of folks through probably Beth and Carol and Glenn. I mean, another great part that I love from Daryl is when he and Merle are like, they've gone off by themselves in season three, right? Because Rick won't let Merle come back to the prison. And Merle's just being a complete jackass, right? He first, he's telling him, like, no, we're not at the Yellow Jacket River, which they were. You know, he's like trying to put him down. And then he like doesn't want to help the family on the bridge because they are basically not white. And then he also refers to Glenn as Chinese. And Daryl's like, he's Korean. So like we see this growth in Daryl. And it's really a beautiful thing to actually see. And now, wombs and hearts, I mean, unite to combust because he fortifies a very strong relationship and friendship with Connie also. And while I may not think it is as strong or love it as much as I love the relationship with Carol, I think that's really only due to the fact that Carol's been there from the beginning, right? So... And then to top off this heartbreaking season, he must once again protect Carol from the sight of a lost child as he discovers Henry's reanimated head on a spike uh, from the hands of Alpha, um, sending Carol into a spiral and then both moving in together to grieve. All right, so we're rounding third as we move into a troubling season 10. So concerned over Carol's obsession with killing Alpha, he tries to convince her to move past the loss. Unable to, he watches as Carol finally enlists the help of Negan to end Alpha. In season 10, Daryl also gets a standalone episode. In this episode, we see the time where he was alienated or, or away from the group. And during this time, he met up with Leah that's how he got Dog, his beloved companion, uh, who was her beloved companion at first, I guess. Uh, but this is a very interesting episode to watch because he had an opportunity right here to like, build a relationship with someone. I mean, we don't get much of Leah. We get her again later on in season 11, which he has to obviously make a choice there as well. But... They seem to be a good match with each other. And so you think that this would be a great move for Daryl. But, you know, he's just constantly plagued by the group and these relationships that he's leaving behind. And, you know, he just really struggles with how does he make this right? Because 
you know, Leah's not interested in going and doing that, right? She's not, she wants to be alone in the woods with dog. And, um, yeah, they go their separate ways. Uh, even though he goes back to try to get her, now she's gone. Uh, so in this current season, Daryl has turned a corner. He tries to fit into the Commonwealth. He becomes part of their law enforcement, and he's really doing anything that he can just to survive. He does struggle with the responsibility of being the adoptive uncle to Judith and RJ while adapting to a life within society. Um, he is reunited with Connie. Before that, he's reunited with Leah. Um, obviously, spoilers, but... Um, you know, he has to make the decision when it comes to Leah and, uh, you know, Maggie kind of takes some of the situation into her own hands. And, you know, once again, that's somebody that Daryl's lost that, you know, he, he had at least some type of foundation or some type of relationship with. Uh, but like always, the pretty picture of the Commonwealth hides a very corrupt community, so we've already talked about this. We know that Daryl's obviously not going to die, right? Like he, they're not, the plot armor is amazing with this guy. I mean, I know everybody got so upset about the dumpster in Glen, but there have been so many times where Daryl probably should not have survived and did. Um, but with good reason. I mean, he's now basically the leader of this group and I think it's well-deserved. I mean, we're so many, what, 10 plus years into post-apocalypse or after the fall and so many things have happened and he's lost so many important relationships but he's built a lot of important ones as well um and I think that he'll find his way but depending on how the series ends I mean he might be going to Paris by himself um and if he does that will he trust another group like this one I mean this this was like I said a decade in the making for for him to really get in good with this group. Uh, so, pros for Daryl. He's badass. He's good looking. He's not afraid to get dirty. He can use a bow and arrow. He's a straight shot. He has a dog. Uh, cons? You did shoot a possum, the audacity, who also shot an owl. Which, I know they can be tricky fuckers, but that owl was doing nothing but hanging out in that house. Uh, but no, in all seriousness, I mean, I think the character arc and the development and where we are with Daryl. I like that he wants to remain just enough on the outside. And I think Carol's the same way, too. She's got a little bit of a different perspective, obviously, than Daryl. But I just love this wanting from him to open up and accept others and Daryl Dixon we love you and we know you're gonna make it so let's see how all this ends are you still watching The Walking Dead let us know your thoughts what are you excited for any of the spinoffs if you want to follow us on socials you can find us on Instagram at TV. I am at Superficial Mills, and Jay is at Damn Fine Witch. Uh, rate and review us, please. You can sprinkle, sprinkles, jingle, jangle, uh, shoot it with a bow and arrow, <laughs> you know. Uh, give us some stars. Let us know what you think, how we're doing. We also have a very booming Patreon. 
um, patreon.com slash TV. Lots of bonus content over there. Early access to the free feeds. We have some video podcasts. We do some hangouts. You get some swag depending on which tier you're at. So head on over there. Check us out. And until then, we will talk with y'all soon. Bye-bye.